Racing Dude Halterman joining Prairie Meadows Jockey Colony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the high quality Jockey Colony at Prairie Meadows will get even more competitive this year with the addition of Aaron Halterman, who's scheduled to ride his career debut meet at, Iowa, at the Iowa Track. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. What is up, everybody? Darren Hoffman, it is Thursday, February 23rd, and this is the 600th episode of Blinkers Off. What's up, my man? Hello, hello everyone. Yes, I'm I'm very proud of us. We uh we've been at this a long time. We've got to 600. You're wearing a pink jacket. So, uh things are strange to start, but I've got high hopes for the show, Jared. Don't let me down. <laughs> Dude, the last time I wore this pink jacket, I met Miss Kentucky. So, I thought, what could go wrong by wearing the pink jacket on our 600th episode? That was better than somebody else. They could have been a missus. Yes, Miss Kentucky. <laughs> we didn't meet her. Uh, yes, at the, at the Kentucky Derby, uh, as it be, as it be. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And yes, yeah, six hundred. Thank you. I mean, the comments are rolling in here. Six hundred. Yeah, the cover art. That is uh, Gabe. Uh, the uh, the cover art. That was the the OG. That was the original Blinkers Off uh, uh, podcast logo that we came up with back in. 10 plus years ago. So uh, we had to bring it back out for uh, for the big show tonight or today. So, uh, dude, um, yeah, sorry, Shadi. I've only, <laughs> I, I still got the beard. I, one of these days I will shave it off as a surprise and we'll go back to uh, looking like. I actually talked to Halterman about, like, should we add the, the beard to the logos? Should we not? I'll, you know, I'll take it off one of these days. Yeah, I think we should. I think you should shave it on air right now for the 600th show. I think that would be amazing. If we can get if we can get uh, Manscaped to sponsor us again, I'd be like, listen, they have because they came out with the, the the beard shavers now. So like, hey, I'll do it live on air. I won't shave the other spot. You know, that's 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 for the uh, premium. That's for our spicy channel. That's right. But, yes, uh, yes. But, <laughs> but this one classic. I will. Uh, yeah. Borat Capper, you may we may see Borat. I don't know. I can't can't confirm or deny that. Um. Yeah, I would have loved to, Shoddy. I'm trying. I'm trying to go through the comments here. Uh, Jesse, hey, thanks, buddy. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, how's it going? Uh, yeah, love this channel. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, yeah. Listen, we could do something like that. Maybe that's what we should do. Like as a like an incentive to the site, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you subscribe and like and all this stuff, and and we hit the hit the Derby or whatever, Jared will shave his beard live on air something like that we got i got you know from a, i'm a marketing guy from a marketing standpoint i need 
to get something out of it from the business standpoint. So well, I like that. Uh, subscribe to the channel, you know, buy the guide. And if we hit something, I'll shave the beard. Well, we'll figure it out, but that's a good, uh, it's a good idea. It'll, it'll grow back. Right. I think so. You don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hoffman hasn't shaved in years. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. When we, Dennis, we could start at OnlyFans. Um, I know magic has login, so we should, uh, yes. should be a problem there. Um, yeah. Thank you, Bree. Love the dudes. Yeah. Episode 600. It's a big show. Um, big, big racing this weekend with the rebel. Uh, we'll get into all the, you know, the, the celebratory stuff and then kind of talk about episode 600 and kind of how we got here. Maybe a lot of you guys, um, you know, don't know the story. So we'll kind of get into that. But uh, listen, first, we had the Rebel this weekend. We had the Risen Star last weekend, which was the official first 50-point race. I know we've talked a lot about this on either different uh, or different shows or, um, you know, privately, of course. You know, did we get any questions answered in the Risen Star? No. I mean, we found out some horses that are, are not very good. And unfortunately, one was mine. Um, but, uh, look, you know, we could chase Tappet's Conquest all we want. I don't think he's very good. Victory Formation was awful. You know, Harlow Cap wasn't very good. You know, some of the big horses we talked about. Angel of Empire, you give him credit. He ran pretty well. He improved, but he's going to have to improve more. Just take it for what it is, right? I mean, it was a, it wasn't a horrible race, but you know, I didn't stay up at night thinking about it. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. That'd been yeah. weird. If you did, yeah. Uh, no, I just I think we found like I think we found more about the shitty horses than we did, like you said, that than anything else. I mean, I guess he's in the Derby now, so there's that. Um, but. You know, I'm kind of and and, and Samich to cre credit to Samich for kind of he mentioned this the other day. It's like maybe we're starting to see, and it, we could find out more this weekend, obviously. Um, to kind of maybe it's not so much this way, but where we have a lot of Brad Cox horses, but none of them are really that good. You know, like a and you, I think you mentioned it the other day too. Like maybe it's like a it's a Todd Pletcher. I, I can't remember what year it was where he had like five or six horses in the field and none of them were very good but he was man he managed to get him in there yeah i mean instant coffee's the horse that kind of looms out there he looks better than just okay uh but nothing that like flies out at you either i think this weekend we better see something right but can verify and take that next step and and, and look like hey yeah maybe he wasn't the best two-year-old but now he's a really good three-year-old can giant uh mischief jump up and run a big race you know we need to see something from him this weekend for sure uh it's weird though we say well you know this cox guy he's not very good he's winning every damn prep <laughs> you know so there is that but uh so did pletcher a lot of those years and then they get to the big one and they just it's like yeah he kind of took advantage of some weaker fields we'll see we need we need him one uh, to kind of step up this weekend or maybe instant coffee take that next step louisiana derby we'll see but yeah as of right now i'm kind of with samich on that attitude of i don't think he has the one he just has a bunch of horses that are probably going to be there yeah it doesn't and again you could you know this weekend we'll find out you know maybe verifying is the goods or you know maybe giant mischief can rebound here and, and make a name for himself so to speak in in this race uh, the rebel this weekend but just i don't know like we keep waiting for that horse to show up and i think every week we go forte 
um, looks more and more interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, like, to me, like the more we go, the better he looks and he hasn't ran a race since, since the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he continues to look like the one because all these other you know, would-be challengers don't. But we thought Hoosier Philly was the one, you know, for the yeah, Phillies, yeah. and she was not very good. And what if Forte is not very good? Uh, I was talking to Ryan about this uh, earlier yesterday. Boy, a lot of pressures on Forte next weekend because if he doesn't run well, it's like, oh, gosh, like, who? where are we going with this situation of who's going to be the favorite for the Derby? So, Big weekend coming up next weekend, and then the Rebel this weekend serves as that, hey, maybe one can jump up uh, and, and, and rise to that level, which we just haven't seen uh, lately uh, with these preps. So we'll see. This is another, hey, we don't have a superstar right now going into the Rebel, but maybe we'll have a superstar coming out of it, just like the Risen Star. Risen Star did not produce that. Maybe the Rebel will. And then if it doesn't, well, we got Forte at least next week, right? Surely, I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> at some point someone has to run well right maybe <laughs> and, then you got, and then you have all the you know now we're starting to finally see the the switch from the uh from the baffert barn to the the yafford barn and uh you know yak teen kind of we're doing this whole thing again you know uh, your horse reincarnate is in the rebel now trained by tim yak teen uh we've seen that with a bunch of his eh, not a bunch but a couple of his horses uh arabian lion somehow they're still talking about that horse um carmel road uh who's the other one was it uh, was uh ba- there was another baffert that switched let's reincarnate carmel road arabian lion uh yeah there's one more um who we who we met hijazi hijazi yeah, there you go so yeah. those, those are the so far you would assume you know arabian night will be next uh as we kind of figure out you know carmel road going to the gotham um reincarnate here i don't know about Jazzy. He was he was nominated to the Gotham, but did not. Well, he's not on the probable list today. Those things are fluid. We'll see. But as of now, he's not on the probable list. Yeah. Um, did, uh, Rodney. Uh, you know, not. We can talk about the Saudi Cup real quick here, just because it's just like it's a huge race, obviously. But man, I mean, you can. It's a huge field, and we know like three horses in the race. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get on here and lie to people. I don't follow the international circuit very well uh, because it's a large undertaking to follow this circuit. I do really study the international horses when they come over here, but when we go over there, I don't know much about what uh, what Taba is facing. I, he should win. I think he's better than the horses that I've heard of for sure, but some of those Saudi horses – I don't know a whole lot about them. So I can't give you an in-depth, you know, analysis. I do think table looks awfully tough in that field based on the horses that I've heard of and know about. I mean, Taba should like, he's had the, it's just like, if you think about it, it's the longest break slash training cycle that Baffert's had with him, you know, really ever. And other than, you know, kind of leading up into his debut, because, you know, last year, obviously, he changed with, with you know before the Santana Derby, and then he did get back with Baffert, but it was kind of like playing catch up and just really trying to get back, get the horse back to the track. Now he's had time since the Classic to really let the horse kind of grow into himself, train him. I imagine he'll be a monster in the race. I mean, he should be right. I would think he's going to be pretty tough to beat. I would think he's going to be ready to fire a big race. Yeah, I again, you know, last year. Uh, 
random horse that I'd never even heard of won it. Um, you're going to see that some over there. It's a home track advantage. I mean, it, it plays a little bit different. Um, but, you know, we've had a horse go over there and win too. Of course, that was kind of a weird. He probably was drugged. So, I don't know. Let's not get into all that. I'm just thinking, Taba, yes, he should run pretty well in this race. Yeah. Okay, so bigger picture. Like, cause, I mean, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. But the Saudi Cup is like – even when it's a really big name and you like kind of watch the race and you say, hmm, cool. Then you move on with your life and you kind of wait for them to come back to wherever it is, you know, whether it be Dubai or, or, uh, or back here, like he doesn't need to win, but it definitely feels like this is the starting point of what could be a horse of the year type year for Taba. He's the de facto horse of the year leading candidate right now, based on right. what we've got and what's, what's going on and all the divisions, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have to win here or anything like that to do that, but yeah, you do want to see a good performance. It would go. I don't know though. I just don't think the Saudi cup really carries that much weight for whatever reason. I know it's the richest race, but it's really not caught on like the Dubai world cup has, you know? So uh, it's a newer race. That could be why, but I don't think he has to win, but yeah, you want to see him run pretty well here. Um, you know, and like, it's a mile and an eighth one turn race. So it's really not a setup that he's ever really going to see again. Um, he's been pretty damn sharp in one turn races. So I, I just think the worry, the only worry is with him is how did he ship? How will he handle the track? That kind of stuff. If he handles it, he probably should be okay. I mean, he was pretty damn good last year when they put him in spots where it made sense. So I think if he handles the situation fine, he's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, we've seen good horses of his go over there and get beat, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of, a, like I said, that's why it's just, I don't know why, that's why it hasn't cut, catched on, caught on yet, but it just seems like it's like a, you kind of you kind of watch it and then you're just kind of past it real quick. You know, you don't put a lot of stock. You'll say, oh my gosh, that horse won the Saudi Cup. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. Great, you know, and I think you can look at the field this year and say, wow, the two best horses, you know, are Taba and country grammar. This kind of tells you a lot. So it does kind of feel like, yeah, some of the better ones are, are skipping it, but let me add, let me throw this at you. Who, who's supposed to run in this? Like we don't have anybody. A lot oh, of yeah. those horses that were even in the Pegasus, they retired, you know? So it's like, there's nobody there. It's like, it's like a, you know, if you've got a great college football team, and 20 of the 22 senior or 20 of the 22 starters were seniors. And you're left with like, we have this awesome quarterback, or in this case, this awesome horse Taba. Where, where, where do we go? Like, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's no, who, I mean, like, it's like you say, like, who are you saying like, Oh, that horse, I wish that horse was there. There isn't one like charge it, but it, it's way too early. You just came back from injury. Like there's just, there's nobody there to run right now. So that's the situation that we're in. He's the best thing we've got. So we'll see how he does. I mean, which kind of makes you wonder, you know, do, you know, he, one, he's going to be bet hard too. Maybe it makes sense to throw a dart with someone that's like an international type horse that, you know, looks decent on paper. Maybe you've seen a few races because, you know, those horses are going to be bet because of the name, because of who they are, but we're just sitting here telling you, these are the best we got, you know, it's not like these are like some world, you know, it's not bringing over, you know, justify over there or something. So I mean, that's the other problem. If you're looking to bet this race and you really like Taba, it's like, I want to bet Taba. 
what is he going to be? Like these people are going to be sitting here at, at 11 a.m. or whatever this race goes off at over here in the United States. They're going to be like, I've never even heard of any of these horses that are betting in the United States. And they're like, oh, let's take Taba. And he's going to be like one to five, I would think, in our. Oh, yeah, pool. just because they because because they know him, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's our Saudi Cup analysis. Yeah, <laughs> not great. <laughs> I mean. Yes. Um, more than anything, I think you just look at that race as <clears throat> what is Taba coming back if he does show that he's, you know, wins and runs really well. Um, you know, it's obviously you think and set the stage for him, like you said, it already is, but it will confirm that okay, he is the horse to beat, uh, for that horse of the year honors. But all right, huge show 600 of these we've had, and now we're on the 600th show. We are ready to celebrate, but before we do that, we're going to preview and give picks for Saturday's $1 million Rebel Stakes at Oakland Park at the $50 50-point prep race for the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Huge field, really competitive race, so we'll get into that next. And then, yeah, we're going to celebrate the 600th episode of Blinkers Off with some of our favorite memories, stories from the past, and, uh, and I have a little surprise for Halterman. He doesn't know about this, so uh, a little right. surprise I've been working on. And we'll talk about that after the Rebel. But let's go. No, I have a haircut tomorrow, and it I need it desperately. My goodness. It's like, I mean, I look amazing with this jacket on, but this mm-hmm. way up, I'm, I, it needs, we need something to happen over here. I, I can't help you with that. Like, look homeless. That's a you problem. Not I can't do anything about it. My barber is hard to get into, and then I, when if, if you forget to book one, you have to book like three weeks out, and I forgot, and then I finally did, and been waiting. Wow. I'll I'll pray for you. Hey, are you going? Thanks. Are you going to Hot Springs? Yes, yes. I'll be there Friday and Saturday. Uh, are you? Is Heather going? No, no. There you go, Shoddy. Halter needs a date, so just no. you know, make sure you line up with him. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not do that. Okay, uh, sorry. <laughs> let's not get a divorce on our six hundred. Just a, yeah, well, surprise. That's it. No, that's not the surprise. <laughs> oh, there's there. See, don't come without Heather. There you go. Well, so sorry, you're already well, out. Of- Delby, that means I'm wild and free. Come on, you better be ready. That's that's you would think that's Kelby be excited about that. I would think. Used well, to be. be honest, he he doesn't behave whether Heather's there or not. So well, that's true. Know. Yeah, and he knows that. Yeah, Heather needs to come just because we have a driver when she comes usually. So, <laughs> well, Kelby doesn't usually let her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just throws up in the back seat. <laughs> oh man, good times in Hot Springs. I uh, can't wait. All right. And they're off in the Rebel. Go to Oakland Park on Saturday, race 11, the Rebel Stakes, grade two, million dollar race. You don't see any million dollar pre prep of prep races like the Rebel. <laughs> uh, the Rebel Stakes, obviously, a really de- near and dear to our hearts. Uh, going to mile 16th, it is a Kentucky Derby prep race. 50, 20, 15, 10, 5. And for the first time, I can say we have a Baffert horse in the race that can get points because number six, Reincarnate, is now trained by Tim Yakteen. John Velasquez gets the mount 7 to 2. Be shocked if we see that price. But like I said, a horse that's already won a prep 
can now officially get points, but has to go up against a couple Brad Cox horses, the one verifying at two to one and the five giant mischief at five to two. We talked a little bit about Brad Cox in the opening. Are any of his horses really that good? Is reincarnate that good? We'll find out a lot in this race. Thoughts on the Rebel. Well, it is only fitting that the 600 show comes at the Rebel Stakes because that has been the race over the years that we've had the most fun at. I mean, what what a, a run of Rebels that we've been to. Of course, your first day at the racetrack was the Rebel Stakes in 2009 when Willie upsets the field. Will we see a 40 to 1 shot here? Not quite sure. Uh, I don't think so, but you never know. Yeah, Brad Cox, that's who I'm going with. Um, sometimes I pick him and I win and sometimes I pick him and he still wins and I lose. And that could happen very much. So here it's hard to separate verifying and giant mischief into the day. I think the number five giant mischief is a little more talented than the rest of this group. And I think it's the perfect setup. I see a ton of speed. I think he sits hopefully mid pack. If he breaks a little better, I like that. Irad is coming in to ride. I put giant mischief on top here, the five horse. I'm not sure he is like going to excel at the Kentucky Derby distance, but I think he is going to excel at a mile and 16. Yeah. The, uh, the jockey little roulette here is interesting, right? Weird. Um, you know, Jeroen has never ridden verifying, but it kind of is one of, you know, Brad Cox's main guy, giant mischief. Drew's rode the last two times. Now Irad gets some out. So is it a matter of we're replacing Jeroen? with a better jockey or is it a matter of, Hey, Jeru, you know, I want my best jockey, my guy to be on my horse, which is verifying. I don't know. It's uh, we'll find out. I guess, I guess uh, a lot here. I listen, I, I think both of the, I think there's three horses to be honest that can win. And it's the two Brad Coxes and it's well, the effort uh, mm-hmm. reincarnate. I think that, and I don't think that's like, you know, I'm not getting super creative with that. I just, it just feels like those three are the clear standouts of the race. I'm like, here's the thing. If if Baffert had, if he was listed as the trainer, one, this horse would be the favorite. I would imagine on the morning line Two, the horse would definitely go off the favorite, which he still might. Um, And three, like we, like Bob Baffert, I don't have it off the top of my head. He, he dominates this rate. I mean, it's, it's basically the Bob Baffert race. So, um, the rebel stakes like he's trained this horse it's just everything's the same as baffert bringing the horse it's just now he's not on the paper because you know now the next race that might be something different right but mm-hmm. this race nothing's different than bob baffert bringing over a horse that he normally has and i think reincarnate's pretty damn good uh never been worse than second finished second three straight times and you know broke the maiden and won the sham uh, over Newgate, who did come back to win, uh, of course, is off the Derby Trail uh, now. But you know, this is a horse that is, it has shown speed in the last couple efforts, but can be tactical. I'm going reincarnate. I, I think maybe we, you might be overthinking it a little bit here, trying to beat him with one of these Cox horses, and maybe reincarnate is just better than uh, uh, these two. And I like the way this horse has been progressing with every start. Now, again, big picture, I don't know that I would pick reincarnate to win. Say he wins. The rebel. I don't know that he'd be my pick next the next race, but in this case, I don't see any difference in having Bob Baffert be listed as a trainer. So I'm going reincarnate. God, I hope you're right on reincarnate uh, because I would love to have a fantasy win here. And listen, here's the deal: 
I'm with you a thousand percent. The Yakteen thing, it doesn't matter. Bob Baffert has this horse and we're just running under a different trainer. It's not that big a deal. Not worried about that. Here's two worries, okay? And I think they're legitimate and you can confirm. He was 16 to one when he won the sham. Mm -hmm. That tells me there was no steam for this horse whatsoever. Do you think that's legitimate, like that worry? Well, considering who else was in the race, yeah, you you know he had uh, meaning that Baffert had like I think yeah. Reincarnate was one of three or four in the race. Um, yeah, that that is that's something I thought about. You know, especially considering yeah. this horse was the favorite the race prior when he won when he broke the maiden. Um, I guess my thoughts would be National Treasure is a horse that it just came out of the the, the juvenile. Um, Newgate was a stakes horse. And then reincarnate was a horse, a maiden basically that just broke his maiden. So, yeah. To your point, though, Bat Baffert's typically get bet. So, I what I am worried about that. I'm I'm worried about the pace scenario. I just I don't know if he's going to get that lead or not in this spot. I'm afraid he's going to be. If he gets it, it's going to be contested, or he might have to win from off the pace. And I think he can do that. But I don't think it's going to be ideal. I, I just I worry about the trip a little bit for him. Any, what do you think about this pace? Do you think I'm on the right right track there, or do you think he's just a little faster than the rest of these? I I think that obviously the pace is a, a concern, but one thing that I you know that I always think about whenever it comes to pace, especially with Bob Baffert horses, is sometimes that that doesn't really matter. You yeah, know, like they tend to be just they like. Bob's like, hey, whatever you're going to the lead, just go to the lead, and and no horse can really catch the horse. Um, so, to your point, yes, and I do think obviously Giant Mischief is the horse that I would view that was going to benefit right the most. Um, I am a little concerned that like he somehow managed to get himself in trouble on the springboard. Can't you know? Can he break through here and kind of you know this is going to be another race that he's going to have to seemingly get himself out of some trouble um mm -hmm. because of the track conditions are supposed to be sloppy it sounds like the, you know rain friday saturday um and on top of being a large field and then obviously verifying the other horse you got to think brad cox drawing the rail with the other with him having the other horse in there he's not going to let baffert or yaffert try to go out there and just steal the thing so I do think it is a legitimate concern, but I view the horse as just being faster than the rest. Reincarnate. So, kind of like an Arabian night situation in the Southwest. You think reincarnate can do this here in the rebel. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look back at that sham and you know, he went 22, 45, 109. Um, granted we're going a mile that day, but he put up some serious speed numbers that day and, and held on. So I imagine um, JV is going to, going to ride him with speed. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree, and I would love it if he's a length clear up the backside. I think that'd be great. I've got reincarnate in second behind Giant Mischief, so we're pretty much on the same kind of you know thought process here. But I just worry that last little bit, if he softened up, I think Giant Mischief is talented enough to come get him, and I think that's where my concern comes in. So I went five six. Uh, yeah, with reincarnate though, I was super impressed last time out, and he he dug back in and re rallied. It is good that Newgate, the horse that finished second, did come back to win. Uh, so that makes him look even better. Also, if you watch the sham that day, like the lead up in the paddock and everything, you had a really good feeling about Reincarnate. He looked tremendous. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this is the horse I'm most looking forward to seeing on Saturday. Like well, You're going to have to text me. You'll be there. 
in person text me if this like hey this if it's a if it's a uh, secret oath situation yeah. or not because if you're not impressed with the horse then maybe uh uh i'll, I'll kind of change my bet a little bit but yeah he looked like he, you walk he walked in there and he didn't look like a 16 to 1 that day no no and they were even even the santa anita people were like oh my gosh like he looks like he's grown up he looks amazing um i've always kind of liked him i've always kind of thought he's a tough horse he's a grinder he's going to make you work i just i am a little concerned about the pace here and some of the other pace they're they're really their only option is they've got to go if they want to win and that worries me a little bit now again i said it reincarnate has sat off before he has not always been on the lead so that is a very good sign for him as well He's going to be tough. I think he's going to be tough. I expect him to show up and run really well. Um, but, you know, I, I think this giant mischief horse has got the talent to beat him and to run him down. That's that's kind of my thought process on this. You said it. I think the three logical horses are the three favorites. I think how you play this race as far as uh, exactas or tries go, you got to fade one of the chalk, use the other two, and then grab a long shot. For me, that long shot's going to be red route one underneath because why wouldn't it be? He just, <laughs> this is what he does. So he makes way too much sense underneath. Yep. Um, to, to Dennis's question, and we'll get into the the, uh, the prices here in a second. Um, that was one thing that I kind of thought about, Dennis, with verifying, you know, being one, uh, carrying 122 versus uh, Giant Mischief 117. Obviously, with the stakes, um, uh, not, the st- not the stakes win. This time, Giant Mischief gets a little mm-hmm. bit of relief. Um, well, does that make, how much do you, I guess the general question would be how much do you put into those kind of things? And if you are on the fence, but about each Cox horse and you're kind of like, is that enough to swing you in one way? If you, I use weights like this. If you are, I just can't decide between those two. Maybe that's a determining factor, right? Like I don't use it as a major handicapping angle, but if I'm looking at it like, man, I just can't decide the one, the five, the six, who do I want? Well, the five's got five less pounds. Well, that is a small factor in my opinion, in the favor of trying to lean towards the five. So yes, I do think about it in that regard. As I take it like a serious, oh my gosh, I can't bet this horse because he's carrying more weight. Absolutely not. But in the end, little things like that are going to matter. I mean, yeah, and, and, and especially like if you look at like Giant Mischief, who's you know carrying the least amount of weight he's ever carried, um, versus verifying carrying the most amount of weight he's well matching is the highest weight. So yeah, I mean there are some aspects to that I'm with you. I don't put a lot of stock into it, but it doesn't. If I'm on the fence about two, it's enough to sway me um, sometimes in one uh, way or another. Right? You mentioned the horse a little bit. A lot of love for Red Route One. Yeah, uh, Marla loves Red Route One here. You know, this is a horse that debuted on turf for Steve Askewson, struggled in the futurity, finished third, beaten seven, really struggled in the streets since. Um, kind of showed a little bit of something in the jockey club, finishing fourth, but also, you know, got beat by Curly Jack and Mr. Coffee. Uh, then came back and ran nice in the Southwest, got second to Arabian Night, no shame in that. Was on a sloppy track, so at Oakland as well. So you got that going for you as well. And more than anything, just feels like a horse that's one coming into his own a little bit, and two, you feel like you can trust to, to at least show up and maybe finish a race. And I mean, and by finish a race, I mean, you know, hit the board. I used to hate horses like this because I would always try to bet them to win. And then once I understood that they're always going to finish second, third, maybe fourth, 
and I understood how to bet them. I love horses like this. I love horses that you can rely on for what you just said. I have zero interest in playing this horse to win. I have so much interest in keying this horse in the third spot. <laughs> you know, right. and once you learn how to play the races, these horses become just as valuable as the ones you think are going to win. Because if you can get a free square somewhere, that's great. And I, I use this horse to, to it for a 10 to one score on Arabian night. And I was so confident that Arabian night was going to win. And I was so confident this horse would run second and you can, you can rely on him. And I think you can rely on him here. I think he's going to run awfully well. I don't think it's a good sign that Ricardo Santana jumped off of him. I'll say that, but you know what? Torres is having a fantastic meet at Oakland. So the rider's still going to be pretty darn good on red route one. The speed's going to be set up for him. Drop back, make a run, see how far you can go, see how many you can pass. Well, to that point, and I'll kind of just go through a bunch of these because it, it is, if you get try to figure out past the three logical horses, um, and you got it, you can't just play it like those three and box them up. I mean, you can, but if you want to try to get value, you got to find that horse. And, you know, Gun Pilot now with Santana or Santana, who's rode the horse every time for Steve Asmussen. Um, you know, Steve has Red Route One, he has Gun Pilot. Uh, seemingly still looking for that derby legit derby horse obviously disarmed came back did not run well uh news came out today the extra nejo still doing well but not training yet sounds like they're going to point to the preakness not the derby at best um so my point is they're still looking for that derby kind of big derby horse is gun pilot you know this is the horse has only lost once and it was second to verifying um really looked good last time out looked really good on debut at churchill downs it, is he coming to his own a little bit? And another horse that seemingly could, you know, had ran on the lead, but last time came off of it, maybe he could benefit from this pace setup. Yep, getting better, definitely getting better. Uh, I worry that, he, you know, he really got beat pretty badly by verifying. So I do worry, is he really that good? Or did he kind of take advantage of an easier field, you know, last time out? But yeah, I mean, he's one I'm not going to talk you off of underneath. I don't think he's good enough to win it. I do think he is good enough to hit the board here. Uh, I loved how he ran last time out. He showed that he didn't have to have the lead. That's good because he's not going to get the lead here. He's going to have to have that same kind of trip. Yeah, I, I'm i on a wait-and-see approach with Gunpilot, especially considering he's 8-1 to in the morning line. I'm going to guess he'll be bet a little bit because of that Asmussen, um, Santana connections. A lot to like there uh, in terms of on paper. Uh, okay, so there's a couple horses I want that are, that are huge prices that I think are going to have a say in the race, whether it be um possibly based off of uh the, the speed or possibly kind of be a benefactor of that speed um i think the eight talladega could be a concern if you like reincarnate like i do and i don't think that necessarily this horse is very good but i do think that he's going to want to go to the lead could this horse pressure you know talladega is 30 to 1 brissett Windstar, that kind of all the connections huge purchase price pratt comes in to ride who rode the horse last time out at oakland park one that made special weight on the lead. This horse had never been, this horse never sniffed the lead prior to that race, went gate to wire that day as the favorite. Do you think he's going to be a pace factor in the race? Yeah, I think he's got a shot at it. And he's one of the ones I was mentioning where it's just like, ride, ride him hard out of the gate, get to the lead and try to take him gate to wire. That's the way he wins the race, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think he is going to break and try to get towards the front. I, I don't think he's good enough to be around when the real running starts, but I think he is 
good enough to cause some problems for the horses that are up front. I also think uh, number seven confidence game could be a little bit of an issue for people that maybe are trying to, you know, get that horse, you know, that could be a horse that knocks some people out in terms of you're playing the, you know, cold exactor, you're playing the try. Like I think confidence game is going to be overlooked slightly here because of the poor effort in the LeComp, you know, finished third to instant coffee and two fills, you know, this horse was six to one, you know, in the race. So obviously it was bet um, has ran and, and ran well in certain times of his career. You know, now the storm brings the horse to Oakland park, maybe a change of scenery um, will help. And this horse does show plenty of speed early in the race. Yeah, no, it's another one that and kind of have shown that he can run at the bigger races, like he said, and not embarrass himself. Again, right? You got to go if you're him. You can't, like, how are you going to win? Steal it on the front end, basically. So that's why I don't have a lot of interest in playing those horses, the seven or the eight, because I'm just afraid they're going to be pace presence and that's it. They're going to kind of burn each other out. Um, but he has a little bit of class, the seven confidence game, and that's a little dangerous. The eight doesn't have much class, right? Just a maiden winner. Seven's been around the block, right? We've seen this horse in stakes races. So I I wouldn't hate if you sprinkle the the seven in somewhere in it like a try or a super, but I still don't have a lot of interest as far as winning. And finally, I can't talk about a huge race at Oakland Park and not talk about the long shot train by Kenny McPeak, the 11 frosted departure who finished uh, third in that last race at the Southwest to Arabian night. Red route one just barely caught uh, uh frosted departure at the end of that race to finish second. Um, you know, this, he kind of, to me, has the makings of a horse that could pop up and hit the, you know, finish third um, in this race at a huge price. He's 20 to one on the morning line. This horse won't be bad. Well, it's, it's very important to note all the horses that were chasing Arabian night that day, just quit except for one frosted departure. He kept trying. Now he was beaten easily, but he did keep trying. He didn't quit. And so, I think in this race, you kind of take him off that pace a little bit, back him off, and then maybe he can be the one that gets first run uh, on the leaders. That's what I would try to do with him here. Don't know if that's what they'll end up doing with him, but uh, I like him. I, I like him. I, I wouldn't talk anybody off playing him underneath here. He showed toughness in that last race. And honestly, the one just to his inside, hmm. Bourbon Bash hasn't been awful. If you want to take a flyer, he doesn't – I mean, he makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I actually I was going to mention him, but I figured you would. So uh, two horses that I think make a lot of sense in terms of the underneath plays that have, you know could run well. Um, both these horses, you know, Frost Departure has ran a better race each race of his last four races has improved. Um, and I think you're right that Southwest is a little bit misleading. He chased that speed, and the Arabian Night had some serious speed, 22 and 46. He chased it the whole way around and just kept on going. Um, obviously got tired at the end and then bourbon bash yeah the last two efforts did has a one finished third two frosted departure and two eagles river uh, obviously a good horse there as well and then got beat by gun pilot so if you like gun pilot um last time out we had the lead in that race and just got caught by gun pilot that day so yeah i mean two horses if you're if you're trying to get sneaky i'm not i wouldn't talk you off either one of those horses um in terms of uh kind of you know juicing up a a try or you know shit i mean if you don't want to play favorites, you know, put these in your pick four, pick five, and maybe you get lucky. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I definitely think it, it's, it's a chalky up top and then get crazy underneath type of race. Um, all right. 
Yeah, Shotty agrees. Uh, Magic wants to know. There will we will be doing. I don't know. You'll be there. So will we have coverage on Saturday? If yeah, Magic, if you can get a co-host, I don't know. You got kids, I think. If 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 a Samage can do it, then I can pop in for live hits. Yes. Yeah, and I sh- I should. I mean, I'll have the boys, but I should be able to chime in every once in a while, kind of like I did last week. Um, but yeah, um, what rudder men looks so bad. Oh my good. gosh. Did he just run? He just ran. He looked like he was gonna finish last. And then at the end, like he was running hard. He got third. <laughs> 50 to one shot, won the race. Do you still have that horse on your team? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You could have used yeah. those five points. Um, all right. So as we now we get to the the good part here. Final thoughts of the race. You're picking number five, giant mischief. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts. Well, I just think he's he's the right horse for the right time, and he's going to get the setup. That's that's my big key with him. Um, I don't particularly love him for the Kentucky Derby, but this is the Rebel. You know, this isn't the Derby. I think he'll get this distance okay. He was closing really well in the springboard, so I think he'll be fine. Gets Irad aboard. I just think the six is going to get too much pressure up top, reincarnate. So I'm going to go number five, Giant Mischief on top. I like reincarnate on top. I think uh, depending on what the price is, I think is really playable, um, especially at seven to two. I don't think you're going to get that, but mostly I just think the horse is coming in here as a Bob Baffert horse. As I think he's won this race, what, eight times um, Bob Baffert has in mm-hmm. his career. And uh, he's won it with really good ones. He's run, won it with not so good ones. I think he's a speed of speed and he'll be tough to catch. If you think he's going to get caught, I don't hate the idea of like a because you know he's never finished worse than second reincarnate like playing the like five six straight or something like mm-hmm. that because I, I do think he, he'll hold like if he gets beat it's going to be one of the situations that he's got the lead the top of the stretch and one of these um, cox horses passes him right that I mean that would be that's my the logical thinking so if you do think he's going to get caught I don't hate the idea of playing like a, a huge five six exactly there but my top pick i don't think he's going to get caught number six reincarnate oh i hope you're right <laughs> yeah you need it I, I mean i think he the more i looked at the race i just thought gosh i mean like he just i, I would he's the same it's essentially tra- he's still trained by bob baffert in my opinion yeah yeah and so that i liked i love the way he won the sham i love the way he looked um he, you know i just I feel like I'm overthinking it by trying to pick one of these Brad Cox horses. And and I mean, if it was like, you know, my horse that's running the Gotham Carmel road, be like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't love that horse, but I think reincarnate is pretty damn good. He he looked, he looked like a good horse last time out for sure. I feel like he's the best effort not named Arabian night. Yeah. His other races were just kind of like, yeah, I mean, good, but not great. That one was like, yeah, he might be a pretty good horse. So hopefully he can do it again. January 9th, 2013. Blinkers off, 001. Oaklawn begins. That was it. That was the episode. January 9th, 2013. 10 years plus later, here we are. 599 episodes in we are currently on 600 600 episodes in 10 plus years every pretty much like clockwork every single thursday 
for the last 10 years. Congratulations, Halterman. Um, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, working on this and what we're going to do in a second, like, it's got me a little uh, it, it nostalgic. It's it's just, it's amazing how far we've come and, uh, and, and that we're 600 episodes in. It's, I've done the same thing. I've been looking up some of our old stuff. I was like, wow, I, th- these are horses I hadn't thought about in a long time. And, uh, you know, naturally we gain so many people through COVID, you know, everybody really that the horse racing boom, but uh, a lot of people don't realize we've been around, the podcast has been around 10 years. The website has been around 11 years. So uh, we, we did a website for a year and then launched the podcast. So yeah, it's 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 been fun. I was looking back at some of our old stuff, and it's it's crazy to think we have been around this long. <laughs> Johnny graduated high school in 2013. Um, yeah, thank you guys. It, I, I'll never forget. It was, and and by the way, I'll, I I always remember who won the 2013 Derby or Derby and Preakness because well, Preakness especially it was Oxbow um, because we were cut one of the first races we ever covered on the podcast was oxbow yep and horses we talked about was oxbow and i remember going to halterman prior to recording prior to even the idea and saying hey we should do a podcast and halterman's basic response was what's a podcast like, yeah yep you know what is what are we even doing you know what is that like at that time 2013 very few podcasts in general let alone there was absolutely zero podcasts in horse racing so uh, I said, well, it's just us talking. And then instead of, you know, writing stuff out, it's us talking. And of course, this was before video was huge and, and things like that. And so that's how it started. And and I, 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 I'm the dreamer of the two of us mostly. And I, I think you kind of were like, yeah, let's do it. And just to make Jared happy. <laughs> and uh, this will probably last a few episodes and we'll be done. Yeah. No, for sure. I, it, you're right. That was my, I, I had never listened to podcasts. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. Um, and like, so we were the first racing podcast. That's what's crazy about it. You know, and matter of fact, we met Saratoga slim because he searched horse racing podcast yeah. on Apple and found us, you know, or we never would have met him. Well, there you go. That's a perfect segue into my surprise for you. Okay. So I woke up this morning and I, I've been trying to, trying to decide all week, all, well, for weeks, honestly, like how do we commemorate this? 600 episode obviously we're not leaving we're not going anywhere the, I, hopefully there'll be 600 more um but obviously it's a milestone it's like how do we gotta be something special do we open it up for questions and and do six questions and kind of make that like how and i was talking to patrick our boy patrick uh today and and i was because obviously being on air all the time, Beeson, XM, like he, you know, I, I was like, Hey, it's like, and we kind of started talking and then it just popped in my head. Like, what if I did this? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, okay. That's perfect. You got to do that. So without further ado, I mean this sincerely as well. I basically started thinking who are, who are six people? And I don't want to like, if I didn't include you, don't, like there's more than six, but yeah. the six people that I, that over the years we've met through this website, through listening, they listen to us on the podcast who we would never have known otherwise, who yep. on top of that, we consider not just friends, but best friends, family. Uh, everyone I list on here is essentially family. 
And these are people that we didn't know existed for the most part until we started doing blinkers off and started doing the website. So I wanted to, I reached out to a few and by the way, and that's why I got nostalgic was, was like everyone I reached out to was just like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I would love to do this. Thank you so much for including me in like in matter of minutes, I had videos, people sending me stuff. And I was like, over here, you know, had the tissue box out. I was wiping my eyes. It was I was like, say, I'm about to cry over here. <laughs> well, get ready. Cause it, it, Cause it gets, it gets, it gets better. So, all right, without further ado, I'm going to start, I'm going to play the first one here. And it's a question. Everyone, I had everyone at, by the way, I had to ask us a question. So we're going to, we're going to bring this in. If you are the group, you're watching this, you guys have questions. We'll try to answer them, but six questions from six of our favorite people that we've met over the last 10 years. And we'll kick things off with the aforementioned Saratoga Slim. of Blinkers Off. I have been listening to Blinkers Off since you guys started in the summer of 2013 at Saratoga. I met you guys in 2015, so we've been at it for many years. So congratulations on this momentous occasion of number 600. I got two questions for you. First of all, what is your favorite skit that you guys have done over the years on Blinkers Off? And then second, I have a question about the logo. Is it because you guys are so egotistical that you guys put your faces on the logo? I've always been wondering that my whole life. So peace once again, congratulations, and I hope to see y'all soon here up in beautiful Saratoga. Peace. <laughs> All right. So there you go, Slim. Thank you, Slim. Um, I'll let you, you know, these, I, I've thought about them a little bit, but I'll let you start on all these because you have, it's the first time you're seeing it. Oh, man. I just want to say nice things about some of these people too. That's that's one of the best guys you could ever meet, Saratoga Slim. We're so lucky to to, to get involved and, and meet him uh, through the show. Uh, why I don't know why our faces were there. I, it, the original logo was us like riding a horse yeah. and uh, it was riding Zenyatta. And, you know, it was just we just like, Hey, we need something a little more grown up. And so the, our designer guy did our faces. He, the, the guy who drew our logos and stuff, we went to school with him. We know him personally. So we really didn't tell him, Hey, put us on there. Like he just kind of did that. Yeah, no, he, uh, he asked for like, remember that? Like he, he asked us to like send us pictures, like, yes. weird, like, like angles of our like faces and sides. And, and he's just like, I've got something. And, and yeah, he basically came up with it on his own. So yeah, we really didn't know that what it was going to look like. Um, but it is a little bit because I think we're egotistical, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Look at that. There it is. Yeah. So that was the original logo. Yeah. <laughs> that was the very first site we ever had. We created that logo. Of course, Zenyatta. We're riding Zenyatta. I'm the jockey. He's the cowboy. Yeah. And of course, that is how the, I think the face is kind of transpired. Into, and, uh, and by the way, Zenyatta is the horse in our logo as well um currently is the is the horse uh yeah. so we always have been attached to Zenyatta a little bit yeah it, it definitely like we just were like just make the craziest thing you can make right just do the dumbest thing and and that's what he came up with and it was it was great and we loved it but we were like listen if we're gonna like have a real 
type of website. We need something a little bit different than that. <laughs> so and it was really hard to put on shirts and stuff too. That's a lot of artwork. Yeah, it was. It, I, I imagine that the next natural phase would be now that we, you know, at the time it was the racing dudes was you and me. That was, we were the dudes. Now we have a team of dudes and dudettes and, you know, so, you know, having just our faces on the logo, uh, you know, we might have to, to relinquish that at some point and just, and just have it called just the racing dudes. And that's, yeah. that's it. But, you know, yeah. we'll hold on to that for a little bit longer. Um, what was the other question he asked? Favorite skit. And that's, oh, yeah. that's, Favorite that's, skit. That's, yeah. Gotta be what the bleep. <laughs> that, he told me off air. He goes, "By the way, my favorite all time is the Suge What the Bleeps." Yeah, it, it yeah, Suge McGahee What the Bleeps. It's it's the greatest thing this website has ever done. And I agreed with him, but my my addition and his addition as well has to be. And then let me think. 2018 rap battle. Oh yeah, that was good. For justify the justify mm-hmm. claim that yep. I of course won magic. Um, but at your mom's house in Aurora, I remember that, and yep. it was a huge, you know, because at that time the, the fantasy league we did sh- we didn't do shakes. It was if you wanted the whole, you know, we only had like what we got, how many claiming periods did we do? Like two, two, yeah. So yeah. that was the first one. And me and Magic want to justify, and Halterman came up with this plan to <laughs> make us earn it. I guess the rap battle, yeah, the rap battle. It mm-hmm. was amazing. Um. Yeah, that is why Shoddy, the current logo, is Jared in the jockey helmet. Yep, yep. that's how it started. And, and again, another one of those things that, like, we got that. That's the logo, the OG logo. Don't know why I was the jockey and he was the, the trainer or the yeah. cowboy, but we just kind of stuck with that. So Yeah, yeah. Also, the- side, side, side note, the one of the best bits, I think, that this made me think of, um, it wasn't uh, on the podcast, so I can't really count it, but I have to at least mention it, was when I pranked Halterman on April Fool's oh, by posting an article that he was becoming a jockey at Prairie Meadows. <laughs> you would not believe how many people text me saying congrats. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're going to be a jockey at Prairie Meadows. <laughs> I said, oh, you, have you seen gotta, me? I'm not. I'm not jockey weight. I'm not be a jockey. Man, I gotta try to find that part. It was, that it was, was a good one. Like I made it. I made it all official. I had quotes. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Hang I on. had forgotten about that. Oh shit! That is. Uh, people may not know that because that was from 2015, April 1st, of course. Yeah. 2015. Let me put it up on the screen here. Did you find it? Oh yeah. For I put in. I put in. I searched Halterman jockey. On our website, and uh, that's the first thing that popped up. Racing Dude Halterman joining Prairie Meadows Jockey Colony. <laughs> uh, the high-quality jockey colony at Prairie Meadows will get even more competitive this year with the addition of Aaron Halterman, who's scheduled to ride his career debut meet at, Iowa, at the Iowa track. Uh Tuesday evening oh. at home, Missouri, with little no experience riding a horse in his career. <laughs> now, his ability and viewed the announcement as a publicity stunt. I'll be ready for opening day, he said. An opportunity came up, and my wife and business partner are supportive. I'll, call, I'll be commuting a bit, but I look forward to the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had. He had no idea. It, no. it didn't tell him anything. And he just, I just, I think I did it probably what, you know, night before posted it and this went to bed. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. All right. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, 
See, I'm crying already, but different. I know. All right. You get tears though. All right. Our next uh, our next question comes from a uh, great great friend um, of the show and uh, someone that we you know literally. I mean, I can say it's about pretty much all of them, but met through the podcast. Uh, said, hey. We were at Del Mar. I was there shooting that show uh, for yeah. TVG, and you were there, of course, as well. And and we we're like, hey, this guy Paul wants to meet us. Said he buys drinks, and well, to this day, even if anybody says they're going to buy his drinks, we say okay. And so we went and found him, and the rest is history. Um, we ended up spending the rest of that day together. We went to the backside because they had a horse. Um, met uh, all kinds of horses. Uh, Magic fell in love with. Uh, who was that? A songbird. We saw mm-hmm. songbird back mm-hmm. there. Um, really great time. So question comes from our great, great friend, Paul Withrow. Hey, guys. Congratulations on 600 episodes. I can't imagine two better dudes that uh, deserve the accolades for that accomplishment. Not only do you guys do a great job with picks and, and the horse racing industry, but you guys bring fans together, which is just phenomenal to see. So in that vein, I've got one question for you, uh, and I hope it uh, really brings out uh, something special in an answer. But I want to know, what is the one horse racing moment since you've been in this game that just took your breath away? Hmm. Good question. I I think it's got to be the same answer for both of us, but it it's got to be the triple crown in 2015 right yeah Farrow winning the triple crown at belmont is far and away the biggest moment that i've ever witnessed in horse racing yeah and quite literally took our breath away like you yeah said. yeah i've never i've never experienced anything like that ever in anything uh everybody rooting for the exact same horse is never happens and when he turned for home and he started to widen that gap, I'm getting chills just, just talking about it. It was just like, we're actually going to see it uh, for the first time in 37 years. And what you guys that maybe don't remember that, or maybe you're newer to the game, what you don't realize is many of the so-called experts were telling us younger people, you'll never see a triple crown winner ever again. It will never no. happen. And I remember in 2014, Picking against California Chrome because I didn't think he was the one, but I thought in 15, if this horse can't do it, it, it we had to both have this feeling. If 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 American Pharaoh doesn't win this, they might be right. We may never see it. And, and let's not let's like remind people, especially that that are new to the game, or like like you kind of mentioned before. Not only were they like thinking that it wouldn't happen. I mean, there was real talk about changing the Triple Crown mm-hmm. by increasing the, the gaps between each race to make it more you know more doable and you know there's been debates on that back and forth but that's how hard it was becoming how impossible it looked mm-hmm. um we had seen obviously many chances come and go and it didn't seem like it would ever happen and you're right um and i think also it was just you know halterman and i became very close with the zayats and with pharaoh that year it was just almost like a full circle um moment uh the racing dudes i think 25th that year i just that was when i quit my job Mm -hmm. and became full-time racing dudes to see if we could make it work 
Um, for people that don't know, like we both had full-time jobs and the racing dudes, it's on the back end, you know, we, we'd work on it at night and everything like that. And then we had our regular jobs that we were doing. Um, and it became so big that it came to a point where it's like, listen, we either got to make this work or stop because it, yeah. it was just taking over our lives and we were not making any money um, <laughs> from it at all. I mean, and so I just, the way it worked out, I was in Arkansas, I quit, uh, there and went, came back home to Springfield and I said, give me a year if I can make it work full time. And, and the rest is history. That was 2015. And then you quit the following year. And yep. so, uh, so a lot of it goes into that. We met the Zayats, uh, and we, we were at the rebel with watched the rebel with the Zayats and D Wayne Lucas. I mean, come yep. on, literally me, you and Heather were with, within that circle of those people watching the rebel. And don't forget Pharaoh, that was his first start as a three-year-old tons riding on that race. Cause no one really knew if he was going to come back good or not, you know, it was yep. just, pivotal race and then by the way we were there for the arkansas derby we were on the track when he came in and the diet said hey <laughs> we're not going to be there except the trophy if we win <laughs> for american pharaoh and we said okay we'll do it we'll be there okay. and what did we do got the trophy from the freaking governor of <laughs> arkansas in the winter circle of the arkansas derby for american pharaoh we literally had to get like the lady wanted to try to give us to the trophy. We're like, no, no, send that to the Zions. Like, well, yeah, they were gonna let us take it home. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing, we're not taking. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. Um, my biggest regret of that day, by the way, is us not. We weren't even thinking. We were just in cloud nine, like not taking a picture to get you and I holding the trophy. Um, but yeah. So all that said, our biggest bet of our lives was on win bet on on Farrah to win the Derby. Um, we basically thought he was gonna win the Triple Crown. The whole you know before the race so it was just like having that personal connection with the horse yeah we weren't owners but it felt like it um and then so you when we get to the belmont not only do you want to see a triple crown you feel like it's your horse like mm -hmm. you, you know you're so much riding on that moment it's like your kids out there so it was like i mean dude it we didn't sleep so we no. we got this hotel and uh, in queens i think it was yeah. And uh, down, you know, yeah. And we, you know, knew, never been to New York City. And we were, of course, working a lot. And we, we had a big, we had an early flight Sunday. And we, we just, you know, got tanked, obviously, and celebrated <laughs> after the Triple Crown. We, we never went to bed. We literally stayed up the whole night in New York and celebrated. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a surreal moment for sure. It, it, that, that year was a fairy tale. It really was. And the, the luck of, what we got to do with pharaoh and dennis my mom owns a sporting goods store and there's a huge there's a it's blown up it's a huge winter circle picture of that arkansas derby so it's displayed in aurora missouri if you want to go see it but uh i can yeah, probably find it if like you that. you uh distract the, you say something here and i'll find it Hang pull on. it up yeah so yeah it was crazy we just we we i don't know how we got to do that even looking think thinking back i don't know how they let us or why they let us but they did. <laughs> why is it better yeah yeah, and and it, they were so friendly and nice and everything, and but yeah, that just American Pharaoh and what he did. It, again, you you look back at it now, and it's like, yeah, you know, we got justified three years later. But it, and in 2015, if you could transport yourself back to that time and what they were saying, that was such a meaningful thing. And the Triple Crown was just like a fairy tale that you know people like John White saw, but we're never going to see it, you know. And then. 
you get that horse and you get that personal connection with them. And I'll never forget him coming into the Arkansas Derby and we were on the track and you just watch him go by. And I, I, I looked at Jared and I said, if he can't do this, I don't know who can. Like he just looked different. His stride was different. He just dominated horses. Um, so he was, he was really, really special. And, you know, over the years you see horses that may have been better, but he certainly was, one that you just you'll never forget what he did for history. Yeah, I'll never forget Alterman. He uh he he was Alterman is the king of stressing out during a race. And uh he looked at me and at, at that time it was it, the horse's name was Far Right. And uh he was kind of like the big horse, right? That now let's what, be that clear, was, I was not worried about far no, right. You said here they here comes far, you know, and and, and I said Look at American Pharaoh. No, okay. It was Mr. Z. Oh, Mr. Z. I was watching. Third. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Mr. Z. Mr. Z makes this crazy move on the turn of the Arkansas Derby. I'm like, oh my God, look at Mr. Z. And Jared says, look at Pharaoh. You look up and it's like, oh, they haven't even touched him. And he's already <laughs> widening from Mr. Z, who's all out. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it, that oh. moment. You're like, oh, we got We're good. Yeah. Okay, so I can't. I, I found, uh, I know I have it. I'll post it on Twitter. Um, I do have this one, which is <laughs> pretty funny, but sorry, Halterman, you and uh, you and Heather got cut out of it. So what is it? What are you talking about? Hang on. Um, here, I'll pull it up on here. <laughs> this is when, this is when Pharaoh uh, won the. Oh, yeah, where <laughs> am I? <laughs> I'm right next to Jerry. There's a governor. There's that. There, yeah, you can. I think maybe even Heather was next to me, and then you. Um, I don't even know who these guys were, That's but uh, we were the like. After that, the governor, like we were in both the the real picture and then like the yeah owner picture. Um, but yeah, and the governor was like, I forget. He told us something. He's like, she shook our hands or something. He said, good luck in Kentucky. Okay, like, oh, good luck. Like, you have a we great said, Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good times. Good times. Oh, God. All right. Okay. We got to move on. <laughs> this is going to take forever, but you know what? I don't care. All right. Next one comes from maybe uh, – the, the the best friend that uh we've ever met through the, the site and and uh someone that was randomly saw us on the on the uh, side of santa anita one day at the breeders cup and and uh said hey i like those shirts you know i want some and so we gave him our contact information we literally didn't hear from the guy until we were flying to santa anita the next year for the breeders cup <laughs> that guy's ryan stillman uh, just uh, every jingle you've heard on the, the website, uh, every, you know, he's he, given credit for the, the sugar and what the bleep he came up with that along with countless different ideas. Um, Ryan has been a mega fan from basically the start. And so no, uh, no six questions could be complete without getting uh, a word from Ryan. Dudes, 600 episodes. Epic. Congratulations, guys. You have hands down created the greatest podcast in all of horse racing. And here's what I want to know. What is your favorite race you have seen in person since you have started following racing? And you know what? I'm throwing in a bonus. What's your favorite handicapping angle that you created since you got into the game? Love the show. And always remember. 
So we kind of answered the the, yeah. the favorite. Um, you know, I guess if you want to put another one A or you know whatever, um, maybe you know I, I think uh, when Barrow won the the Breeders' Cup Classic, mm-hmm. that was probably close to there. Um, you could float throw in flight line last year was pretty surreal, mm-hmm. uh, but I would say anything Pharaoh related, Pharaoh the Rebel. I mean, all that experience I would wrap into one. Yeah, I, I think. I think Arkansas Derby Pharaoh was great. And the Pharaoh, like I said, when he won uh, the Breeders' Cup was really, really awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that would ha- that'd have to be mine other than the Triple Crown uh, win at Belmont, I would say. Uh, a-, a low key one that I really enjoyed live uh, was the Belmont between Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie. I don't know why that always sticks out. That was such a good race, you know? So that yeah. always sticks out to me as well. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, yeah, one of those kind of low key ones that uh, maybe arrogate when he won the classic um, against Crown. Yeah. That was a, that was a freaking, that was a banger, man. That, yes. you know, that was just a surreal race alone, you know, and no one thought Crone could get beat there. And of course, what arrogate was, what was able mm-hmm. to do after that was, uh, was amazing. Um, handicapping angle. Do you have, do you have any that uh, come to mind? Man, you know, there's so many, Um uh, it's my favorite angle. I a maiden special weight horses dropping a maiden claimings for the first time became probably the angle that I think is the best with predicting winners because there's such a drop between a maiden special weight and then the drop down to those maiden claimers. So that's probably my number one angle as far as trying to identify. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's probably the best one, I think. I think mine would be, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm going to take credit for it. It's always, but I feel like everyone kind of knows me for like, Oh, Jared loves that McP course. Cause he's, you know, 15. Yeah. Like that's, that's usually my go-to, right. Whenever you have a, I'm, I love finding those McP courses that are 15, 20 to one that make some sense that whenever a race, you know, like you can't bet McPeak at a, we, we know that Del Romans and McPeak at, at short prices, you just don't. Um, but when McPeak especially has a horse live, I feel like I, uh, that's an angle that I always look for and uh, have, you know, have done quite well with uh, over the years. So um, I'd say the, the whole McPeak angle is a good one for me. I thought of one more, a, a good claiming trainer talking about, you know, the Diodoros of the world, the Brobergs claim for 10,000, let's say, put them up for 30,000. Great sign. Never worry about the class. If you see one, they claim it for 10 or 15, put it for 25 or 30 or protect it. That's always a really good sign as well. All right, I see you. I see it down yes. there. Let's see it. I did find the picture, so there it is. Hey, that, hey, they were there. They were there. <laughs> there's me. There's Heather. There's you, and then there's these people. So <laughs> there you go. That's that that's all I found. One. But I mean, that was uh, you know we were that was the year that I believe that Halterman got his whole suit there or his whole outfit at uh, the mall in Hot Springs because yep. he didn't bring anything. Didn't bring any good clothes. Yeah. Cause I didn't, you know, whatever. I didn't think I was going to meet the governor that day, you know, yeah, you know, and, and that was one of the things like, we're going to meet him because we're, we're going to win. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing. We, we, we didn't ever even doubted that he was going to win the race. Like <laughs> that's just a foregone conclusion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one up comes from, uh, Another fantastic friend and someone literally we, you know, probably never thought we would ever meet. We probably knew, we knew of him uh, prior to uh, the racing dudes, but we didn't think we'd probably ever meet him and not let alone 
call him one of our friends. I've been to Disney Disneyland with the guy. Uh, we every time I am in LA, I we 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 hang out for hours. We talk every day, basically. Um, needs no introduction. John White. Hello, racing dudes. Congratulations. 600 editions of Blinkers Off. A lot of people thought that you needed to have those blinkers on, but you guys said, no, 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 <laughs> we're taking those blinkers off. Here we are, up to number 600. That's fantastic. I have a question for each of you racing dudes, Aaron and Jared. What has been your favorite edition of Blinkers Off and why? So John White here in Southern California, once again, offering congratulations to you two racing dudes for your milestone 600 editions of Blinkers Off. Pretty good guy there. That's pretty special. Yeah. So yeah. I've had time to think about it a little bit. I'll go. You can think about it. Okay. And I've <laughs> let's talk to John about it. And it's got to be. Well, there's a lot. There's a ton, honestly, to, to try to go over. Obviously, we talked about, you know, the rap battles and um, anytime we've done What the Bleep, there's been a lot of good shows. But the one that, from from the standpoint of John and being in the group text with them, has got to be the time we, we interviewed Bloom Racing about the Gomper. <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs> 2015 i believe was gomper's year and we thought we had the horse the ryan thought this is the next triple crown winner i think and uh we interviewed uh which one, which, i don't know which one what bloom it was um about the gomper and i think at the time he's like man why does people care about the gomper so much no that dumbass was typing him up though he was like oh yeah we're gonna run him here he's gonna be tough to beat <laughs> yeah I, well, I listened to some of it uh today and it was like he's like well i haven't really told anyone this to the public but uh, i guess i'll go ahead and tell it uh, i think we're gonna go for the robert b lewis with uh, the gomper and the joke is is to this day and i mean to this like as in like a day ago the gomper sh shows up in our group text <laughs> With Ryan and John on a on like a like weekly basis, it's always like, you know, oh, did you get like, uh, you know, whoever it is, like, you know, whoever worked like Forte, you see that work by Forte, you did it in this, and then such such did it in this, and then you know, one of us will chime in. Well, the, did you see the Gompers work? That was impressive, <laughs> and it just never fails. It's a it's a, a joke that will never end because how of how bad the Gomper was. Plus, he's got the best name, so. It's got to be the interview. And let me, pull, I think it was like 100 and something. Um, you type so in blinkers off the gomper. And guess who interviewed him? Uh, poor, old, poor, poor Ryan interviewed him. And we still give him shit for that. I mean, the dude thought he had the horse lined up. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. thought that was the next coming. And we, we've all been there with, with, so I don't want to throw him under the bus, but. Yeah, the Jeffrey Bloom interview, episode 109. So go to, if you want to, it's all on there, like right here. Um, managing director, owner of Triple Crown, hopeful the Comper. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's a very good one for sure. Uh, 
I, I, you know, I got to talk about John White for a second. I, I remember we met John White through Ryan Stillman, uh, and somehow Ryan knew John, and they were really good friends. And I, I know the whole backstory, but I'm not going to get into all how they knew that. But anyway, Ryan would always say, "I have this friend that's really into racing. I have this friend. I have this friend." <laughs> After like three years, finally, I said, "Ryan, who the hell is this friend you always talk about?" He goes. Well, it's a guy named John White. And I said, Jesus Christ. I said, you've known John White all this time and you've never like introduced me to him or even mentioned that. Like, that's my absolute favorite person in racing. Uh, you know, I cut my teeth in racing, so to speak, watching John White on HRTV. And I considered him like a legend and like just this, this bigger than life guy. So anyway, <laughs> John, Ryan just texts John. John's making the morning lines for the Breeders' Cup. We're out at Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. And Ryan, Ryan, like, texted him, just said, hey, uh, if you have just a second, you know, if you're at the track or whatever, just, I'd love to introduce you to my friend. He goes, hey, let's go to Matt Denny's and, and let's have uh, lunch or dinner or whatever it was. I said, you got to be freaking kidding me. We're going to go eat with John White? Like, this is going to be amazing. Eight hours we stayed there talking. He gave us all that time. And I just thought, this is the nicest human being I've ever met. And he still is. Him and Ryan are one, two, on nicest human beings you'll ever meet, right? So it's amazing. Anyway, it means the world to me. You know, learned so much from John. So with that, the first time John White came on this podcast may be my favorite episode. Because we got so many people who are like, Holy shit, this guy's unbelievable. You just ask John a question, and it's 20 minutes of, of facts and learning about things that happened 30 years ago, things that are going to happen in this race tomorrow, and so on and so forth. So I'll, I forget when we had him on first, but I will go with that one. It looks like, I think it was uh, episode 178, if, okay. I'm, if I'm pulling it up. Um, which would have been uh, 2016, right before the Derby, of course. That's when the Derby um, stuff started. But yeah, it was a, yeah. I mean, talked about the morning line. I, I don't remember how long. I mean, we would have show, we would do interviews with him and it was just like, just like you said, we, you just go and you yeah. just felt like I need to take, be taking notes. I'm learning so much. Well, and you think back to when we had him on for, for the Derby this year, and it was the first time we were on YouTube, and we had, he, he had video of it, and the just the massive reaction that people had with that. I mean, that people just love this guy just like we do once he gets the opportunity to be heard. And so, yeah, he we probably wouldn't be here without most of these people that we're talking about today. And, and John is certainly one of them. I mean, he taught us so much. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Slim says his favorite is picking arrogant to win the Travers yeah. when I was on paternity leave. Yeah. That was, uh, you, you filled in for me nicely, Slim. There was a, there was a Slim was on one where we were all tanked and we were all at Saratoga. I, I think back fondly of that one. I think evil Stiefel was on maybe. The I problem mean, with those is yeah. no one remembers them. Oh, that's right. Judy the Booty was on. Remember oh, that? Oh, <laughs> the Judy the Booty episode has, it should be one of the honorable mentions, no doubt. Okay. Now, with all due respect. Honestly, we get more comments about Judy the Booty than anything. With all due respect to Mr. White, you've now been replaced. The Judy the <laughs> Booty podcast was the best ever. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And we uh, remember like she was like, oh, 
and and to this day now like I, I definitely wish i would have kept it remember like she we went out that night yes and she wanted me to take a picture of her yes. her video or something of her the booty right and yeah. wanted me to post it and all that like she was totally d- down and at that time i was a married man and i was like i don't know if i should have this on my phone <laughs> you know uh but now looking back i'm like what a mistake that was so and, and I, I can't find it so well that's too bad because yeah. It lived on in the memories and our hearts forever. Yes. Um, all right. Two more to get. Well, two and, and a half. All right. Next one comes from. Um, here's what's here's what's amazing about this group of people is Slim obviously is like family. I mean, we 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 know his whole family. You know, uh, Paul's family. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan married me, which I give him shit about still to this day. It's like, hey, well done, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah, but he was—he literally was my minister. Um, John White, obviously, say no, you don't say anything. And then you have Kelby. We were in his wedding, well, his first wedding, <laughs> and uh, I, I feel you, buddy. And um, but no, more than that, it was like his family is like our family. We go to their—we've been to their family events. Like we go to their like. It's just—it literally is a family of people we have—we have come come into contact with and so without further ado uh the lesser of the kvh is kelby <laughs> bonnie i tried to get his dad and didn't happen so yeah hey racing dudes in your opinion in 600 more blinkers off episodes do you think horse racing will be in better shape than it is now <laughs> from okay. the heart First of all, I love how he doesn't say congratulations. He doesn't, you know, just he sent it to me at like uh well we went on air at two, he sent it at like one forty eight. So I was, you know, that's all I'll I can that back up. I think he's in a stall though. That's kind of cool. Is he? Yeah. Hey racing dudes. And yeah, we'll say he's in light ain't life. Six hundred more blinkers off episodes. <laughs> yeah. Do you think horse racing? If he is and he didn't show him better shape than it is now. He should have he should have been like riding a horse or something, but uh yeah, I said, Hey, get your dad involved. As well, well, that's what we got. But well, yeah, and it's it's a tough question. Six hundred episodes later, so ten plus years later. One, will you be alive? And two, will horse racing still be alive? Ah, uh, first of all, you're right about Kelby, one of the best, if not the best, and uh, his family has done so much and taught us so much. And uh, tricked me into owning horses with them. So that, <laughs> where's all of that? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Kelby, great guy, family, just great, great people. We're very lucky, very lucky to know those people. Uh, no, probably not. It'll probably be worse off than it is right now. That's my guess. But look, 10 years ago to now, I think horse racing might. Eh, probably. It's probably not better off, actually. No, probably worse. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we we had the episode uh it was going really well and now now we're downhill because i i, I mean i honestly i think the best answer is i want to think that it will be better off but i don't know logically and what evidence we have that it will be well we're, we're, gambling is becoming more prevalent with sports and that is good because you know more people are going to gamble but do we have any confidence that the tracks will get people there to gamble on their product? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that is the, uh, the mis- you know, the mystery of it all is that we're, you know, sports betting in general is becoming more and more accepted and legal. And with that, you would think horse racing would, you know, benefit from that in some regards, but uh, to say it's better off, 
I think that would involve some sort of governing body tracks working together. I don't know that that's going to happen. No. Um, let's put it this way. If it is better off, it will be by accident. I, I really <laughs> think, I really think if COVID hadn't have happened, how, how do I need to say this? When COVID happened, it gave us a boost that we hadn't had in a long time. Mm. And I think a lot of those people, not some of them have left, but a lot of those people are still around. But where's that next boost going to come from? Because it's not going to be from anything I think we do within the sport. Right. So if some natural causes happen, then that we're here, you know, but I don't know. All right. Um, final one here. Thanks, Kelby. And, and this is, <laughs> this may not, uh, this may still, this may, I don't know. Patrick has a great, uh, great question here, but uh, it might bring it down a little bit still. Oh, no. uh, uh, all right. Our next one comes from our good friend, Patrick Meager. Uh, of course, you know, we met him. We met, we met him because he listened to the show. So mm-hmm. Blinkers off, literally huge fan of the show. Asked us, to, uh, I believe it was a Breeders Cup um, one year to be a guest on his show. Uh, of course, he worked for uh, Mad Dog and Sirius XM. And uh, the rest is history. We just instantly connected with them, started doing them every year, which within call in on do shows. Um, you know, he works for VEASAN now and, and obviously has his own show uh, with VEASAN and maybe some things in the, in the works for, uh, for the racing dudes one day down there. But still, the point is, is, is Patrick from the start, there's been an instant connection. He's a fan. Um, you go to the track with him. You can tell how much he loves the game he was in the I think was he a one and done in the fantasy league yeah he he quit he quit because he felt like he couldn't give it enough attention that it deserved he never he never claimed a horse i don't no. believe so <laughs> um he's a busy guy but all right let's listen to our boy patrick dudes aaron and jared 600 episodes it's amazing congratulations you two are adorable together And 600 episodes, just so you know, I've listened to all 600 at least three times. Not a huge deal. Okay, here's my question. 2017 Santa Anita, rash of deaths, an awful time for the sport. Curious, did either of you question covering the sport or have, I don't know, maybe existential thoughts about covering the sport? Again, thank goodness that's passed, but just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And again, all kidding aside, huge congratulations and much success to come. First of all, he, he, he says, he sends it to me. He says, hey, I've been working out. I just got done working out. Like I, look like, I look like a mess, so just let me know if you want me to re-record it. Like, he looks, I'm straight man, but that man looks stunning, okay? Well, I'm, I'm confused. Where's Patrick? That, was, that wasn't Patrick, was it? That was a male model, I believe. That looked like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> is that Bradley Cooper? Yeah, wasn't wasn't there a girl that told him that at the at the at the Breeders' Cup or something? Okay, so I've seen Patrick. Patrick is the smoothest guy. He's never rattled, except I've seen him rattled one time. When a when a waitress said to Patrick, "You look like a mix of Bradley Cooper, which was great, and Woody Harrelson." Yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> and he goes, "What the fuck did you just?" Say? 
And I wish there was a video of me because I was about on the floor when she said <laughs> Woody Harrelson. The guy looks nothing like Woody. We 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 talked about that all weekend. Oh, Woody. Uh, and by the way, he meant 2019. I, I was like, I think it was 2019. So it was 2019. He said 2017 in the video. But yeah. 2019 is when, um, of course, I think it was like 40 plus horses died at Santa Anita. It was mm-hmm. just terrible, you know. And it was so weird because it was like that. And then the Navarro shit happened with the, the yeah, Miss Kentucky. That's, that's yeah. right. Um, that was a great day. And then the, the Navarro and the police raid and all that shit. And then COVID happened. So it all kind of got flushed down. We never really kind of addressed it again. With the, but so to his question, though, well, how, how, you know, we, I should tell this backstory as well. He brought us on the show. And I don't remember the exact date, but it was went right in the middle of this, mm-hmm. right when it was bad, right? Like when they shut it down and we came on the show and, you know, it was the first time doing a show that it wasn't upbeat and fun and we were having a good time making jokes. It was yep. very serious. He asked us hard questions as I think he should have. Yeah. Um, but at the time we were the only people in horse racing and I mean the only people in horse racing that were going out publicly, not to DRF or not to an internal you know, news station, externally talking on the air about what was happening. And it was a surreal moment because I just remember hey, after we got off, like all these calls coming in, you know, talk, you know, and it was, you know, first time in a, like these people were hated, you know, these, those guys don't know what they're talking about. This, you know, this is off. You know, it was like, oh, man, this is that was a weird deal. Patrick, one of the best guys we've ever met. I say that about all these guys, but he is such a good guy. I think he asked that question because he had a lot of personal struggles uh, with that. He loved this sport. He hated that, like we all did. I'll put it to you like this. I remember that was a week before the Rebel when they finally shut down Santa Anita. And I remember I was driving around with Heather and we got the news they shut down Santa Anita and I looked at her and I said we might be done here like this is getting bad and I said to her I really question why I do horse racing because this is a joke this is horrible and you know they fired the guy in charge and that was good they got the old guy back that they needed to get back and they fixed it but I remember I was about as low as I could be it was the lowest point of our career for me I'm saying and uh, I went to Oakland that next weekend, and Oakland did a double rebel. They did two rebels in 2019 because all those horses that were going to run yeah. in the San Felipe at Santa Anita that canceled, they came to Oakland. And I went down there, and it was one of the best experiences you could have. Oakland, they've been there to save the sport so many times over the last five years. You think about COVID, they stayed open. You think about 2019, they, they got all those California horses, and they – they just did everything so, so good and so the right way. And you saw this is what a big time track does. And this is what a big time day is and what it could look like. And it just kind of re gave me that hope of, yeah, it's just a, it's just a problem that's happening in Santa Anita, but this isn't a nationwide thing and kind of got over it after that. And, you know, Santa Anita got better and now they're a very safe track. So to answer his question, like, yeah, I, I did question it a lot when that was going on. That was a low point for sure. I'll tell you my low point was that year as well. And it was, we were, we were sitting, it was, it was actually at the breeders cup 
yeah which people forget was also at Sansanita and there's a lot of question of would it be there and what's mm -hmm. it gonna be like and it was a great two days of racing until it wasn't and it mm -hmm. was the last race it was the classic Vino Rosso won the the classic but Mongolian groom broke down right at the wire basically mm -hmm. in front of everybody and had to be put down and of course the tarp came out and and you know it was I just remember literally you and I believe you and it was just you and me mm -hmm. and we were sitting up in the grandstands way up high and of course it's getting dark at this point after it's after the race and I what it was just I I truly believed at that moment that this might be over yep like because it's like this horse just died at the Breeders' Cup national stage at the track and it was like this might be over what are we doing what is, like I just felt it was a first time all year for me where I was like, this is a real chance of being over with. Yeah, no, I can remember that as well. And it was a perfect weekend until that happened. And that was just, you're right. We just kind of sat up there. Everybody had left and we're just like, yeah, well take a mental picture, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, it again, it was terrible that that happened because they had done so many things to make sure that wasn't going to happen, not only for the Breeders' Cup, but just in general. And yeah, it was awful. I remember the first day uh, Santa Anita came back. We were at Gulfstream. And we remember that? We were watching it on the screen and there were six horses running and all we were doing was just counting that six horses made it, you know, yeah. to the finish line. So yeah, low points for sure. I mean, that, that was bad. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It just some. I mean, you get upset when you, when you miss a race. You, you kind of you're down, but you never have anything like that. Like that is that was bad. Well, it was like kind of like one of those things where, like you know, it's like when you. I don't know how to the best describe it. Where it's like you're just like you said, you're just watching every race. Not necessarily something good to happen. It's more like hope everyone comes back. Yeah, kind of thing. It's uh, it was weird because you didn't feel like you could enjoy it completely you know what i mean mm -hmm. by the Absolutely. way dude i have it's so funny that i that's not really funny i guess but let me pull this up here i see him down there no well hang on not that oh i actually have the picture i took it that day that i that was oh yeah yeah that's, yeah we were right there i remember i think i remember taking it just thinking I don't know when I'll be here again, you know, mm -hmm. um, we were sitting right there and, and I think we sat there for like 30 minutes. Just, I don't really didn't talk to each other. We were just like, man. Yeah. And Ryan said it best. He's like, can you believe someplace this magnificent and Santa Anita is, I mean, it's just incredible. Like something like this is happening at this place. Like this is heaven for horse racing, you know? And, uh, but it was happening and yeah that's a great picture yep huh. all right well uh this has been a fun show um thankfully <laughs> we have something to bring it back and i and i'll be very very clear about this i did not this was a uh, uh i didn't ask for this <laughs> i i didn't request it um it was a unsolicited uh well you know it's like getting an unsolicited dick pic, you know? No one sure. likes no one likes that. No one wants that. 
<laughs> no. This is what we got, okay? Um, this one comes from uh, another good friend of ours, kind of Patrick's wingman. Um, <laughs> Dustin uh, Sweetelson, who, of course, like I said, producer of all the shows that, with, with Patrick, but also is on air with Beeson, um, will be on air as well with him coming up, you know, getting the gang back together. But uh, I, I got a text from Patrick. He said, hey, Dustin has something for you, too. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so here you go. Again, nothing. I had nothing to do with this. Aaron, Jared, congrats, guys, on 600 episodes. If someone had started a human being and they weighed zero pounds at the beginning of your podcast, and every podcast they gained a half a pound, they'd still weigh less than me, but that'd still be a lot of weight for a human being. So really impressive what you guys have done. So of course, I have a question for you. I'm sure you've never thought about this, but if they invented the technology to be able to speak to horses, which horse in the history of horse racing would you want to communicate with first? Again, guys, congratulations. Looking forward to 600 more. Toilet flush at the end is what it's what gets me. Uh wow. Again. Well, um we we did this for the ladies, so <laughs> yep. He was in a stall, he's in the toilet. <sighs> Alright, so try to try to get past what we just saw. And bring this back. Let's, let's close this up with the horse that you would want to communicate with in his in the history of us following racing. More in history, I guess. Who would it be? Zinata. Zinata, that's a good one. I think Zinata. She had such a personality, and it whether she was doing it for us or not, she it felt like she was performing for the fans. So I would like to I'd like to talk to Zinata. I just thought she captivated uh, even more so than like an American Pharaoh or a Justify. She really captivated horse racing and people were fascinated with Zinata. So I'd like to talk to Zinata. That's a good one. Um, that's probably what I would have said. Uh, I, I think the horse that I ha would have to be said, right, uh, on this show, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't put a, 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 a period or I gave even a, you know, a an ending to it without optimizer. <laughs> optimizer. <laughs> we we made so many jokes about optimizer talking and what he said in the stalls and what he was talking about and how he acted. It's like, wouldn't you love to talk to that horse? <laughs> oh God. Oh. That's great. Optimizer. Yeah. You could go back and you could, you could listen to some of the old podcasts and we we've talked to Optimizer. Remember Optimizer used to write in. He would, he would write in the mailbag. Yes. He time. would write into the mailbag. He was a big yeah. fan of the show. Yeah. Optimizer. Yeah. So I feel like we always gave him such a personality on the show. I, and you know, the way he ran, he was an idiot on the track and he just had talent, but he didn't figure it out. And it's just like, I feel like he would be quite the trip to talk to. Remember he would, he would write in and say, me like the dirt, but me trainer run on, on dirt. No, me like the turf, but me trainer run on dirt. I hate old man. He's talking about Lucas. <laughs> oh, I used to have so much fun 
because I would obviously, you know, I would I'd just throw it out of nowhere. And Halter never had any idea. And I mean, my, my plan every time was just to see how much I can make him laugh. Uh, see what Optimizer had to say. And he was such a fun horse because he, like in typical coach fashion, he ran in every race and, you know, was an idiot in every race. And so uh, we just had a lot. For some reason, that horse just stuck um, on the show. Yeah, we. It but you're like every day. Every time we went to the track, he would be running, and it's just like you have to like he yeah try to load him, and he'd kick to the left, and he kick to the right, and you'd have to try to back him up, and then put him in. You have to cover his eyes. I mean, he was such an idiot, and uh, he was a beautiful horse by English Channel. He now stands, uh, by the way, at Calumet Farm. Optimizer does. So we waved, we waved to him every time we go to Keeneland. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Optimizer Knoxville. Uh, yeah, see. Slim says, I knew you guys were lunatics when uh, you talked with, talked to that horse. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. He, he would always send angry emails. <laughs> oh, he's, by the way, I, I think it's worth mentioning. It wasn't a question asked, but my favorite experience at the track of all time was that picture right there. Oh, with, yeah. With Saratoga Slam as yeah. Borat Capper, the first go round of Borat Capper. Yeah. Travers. Uh, was Travers? It was Travers, right? Yep. Yep. Travers. Um, yep. I, quality. I, I, I almost, I don't think I, my stomach hurt for a, a week later because I was so tight from laughing all day. My face, like yeah. it was the, I just, I've never had more fun at the track watching this lunatic uh, around, uh, go around Saratoga. When he yelled at the new governor of New York, <laughs> that was the moment. I thought that might be the funniest thing I've ever witnessed. <laughs> he was yelling, Cuomo, go home, as Borat. <laughs> she looked over at him like, what in the world? Uh, what year was that? Was that? No, that was like uh, Central Quality year, Life is Good versus Jackie's Warrior year. Like, that was a great day at the track, too. Yeah, that was a huge. That was 2021, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to find, I have a picture and it's a, it's like, it's such a funny picture because it's like, I was walking, someone captured it. I don't know if Vicky, I can't remember if it's like Vicky captured it or someone captured it. I and I was like it. walking and then behind me, you see this lunatic with his arms out, like, like, you know, slim. I don't know. I have to find it, but uh, <laughs> it was just, I didn't think the, you know, I gave him an out. And he and he still did it. That was what was great about it. It was the funny. It was just the funniest thing. I mean, it, it was just all the time he was yelling at the jockeys, and they were like, "What?" And he he took that selfie with Asmussen, and Asmussen's face, man, he was just like, "This is so hilarious." Yeah, there. I'm walking into the into the the paddock. There, I look over and see this guy. <laughs> so. Imagine Jared is the governor of New York. That's how close they were when he was yelling at her. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she did make it. She looked over like, what in the world? <laughs> and like, that was what everyone was like, oh man, like Jared, because I won the fantasy league that year and I was, and he got last. So that was a punishment. And everyone's like, oh man, you know, like you really did him dirty. That was so, I was like, listen. This was not my idea. <laughs> I did not come up with Borat. I did not come up with any of this. No. I said, hey, pay me. I can't remember what number. I think I even got it. I had to give it back to him. I was like, pay me whatever. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. 
And then yeah. next thing you know, he does it. And then afterwards, it's like, dude, you don't need to pay me for this. So I gave him the money back. I didn't. Oh, there's video. Hang on. Okay. Let's yeah, look. there's video. He also, he was, he was messing with Dallas Stewart. And Dallas Stewart's wife made some some comments about his uh, short shorts and what she may have seen on his short shorts. <laughs> And I, I was just in tears. I was like, you yeah, I was just in tears all day. And uh, Ricky was with us. And Ricky was like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I was like, nobody has. This is crazy. <laughs> this this right here. Okay. You, okay, here you go. I don't know who asked for it. There must be video. There's a lot of video, but... Uh... <laughs> And Trent, that's like the littlest of things. Like, that's just, that's mild. <laughs> that was just a, a, that was a part of it. Like, that was not even anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, My gosh. I mean, I've got all kinds, again, I have all kinds of videos. Remember we were like just hanging out and the next thing you know, he like just starts changing right there. Yeah. He starts taking his clothes off and he had all his clothes underneath it. Imagine it's Travers Day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Those people around us were looking at him like, what are you it, doing? We're in, we're just in the regular grandstand seats, and it's packed. There's not a there's not an empty seat. This idiot stands up and just takes his jeans off, like just rips them off. I'm like, whoa, dude! <laughs> you have the shorts on, but it's like you can't just stand up in the middle of people and just take off all your clothes. Like that's crazy, dude. Bob Balfour, this legend. Bob Balfour, greatest trainer of all time. God, I pray to you, Bob Balfour. I remember I was recording that and I felt so dirty. So I was like, I was like that. That was at the pr like prime of the hatred for Bob Baffert at that moment. I'm like, yeah. dude, oh, so good. Oh, when that happened, that that was that was so fun. People were walking by, like, what in the what? What is going on? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> Even we didn't know, you know. No, he he was a, he he transformed that day. He transformed. You got like the AVR feed. He's on, okay, another thing, uh, he's in the Gamine Winter Circle photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I remember taking a photo, uh, uh, yeah. a screenshot of that. Oh, here, look, okay. Yeah, he's in the Winter Circle photo. <laughs> this show is never going to end, but this is too good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's taken off the website. That's an official photo. <laughs> That is so damn funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> the gamine, like one of these trade, you know, some of these people like that own the horse or the connections, like you know, that that, that that that's what makes me laugh so hard is like <sighs> this picture is hanging up some in someone million billionaire's house <laughs> somewhere office. That picture is hanging up and like every, you know, that's a great photo, but I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well god yeah god it's uh <laughs> if that it... 
This is this is these are the lunatics we've brought out over the years, and uh, some of the greatest moments we've had um, are because of the people we've met, and uh, yeah. it it's made racing so much more fun for us, and hopefully we've made it more fun for you guys. So, huh, six hundred episodes, buddy, we did it. Yeah, I this has been a great trip down memory lane, and, and a trip to remember how much damn fun we have when we're at the track. Good Lord. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, that's all the time we have, guys. Yes. Halterman uh, has got, I never believed this would take almost two hours, but uh, Halterman's <laughs> got to go. And Magic Mike's show's coming up here in like 10 minutes. So um, it's been, again, it's uh, been amazing. Remember, uh, racingdudes.com for all your picks, all your premium selections at racingdudes.com. Just click the Get Racing Dudes Premium, Racing Dudes Premium button, button to uh, to learn more. Uh, we don't have a guide, but you can get a free detailed analysis, uh, just like you see in the guides. It's free um, of the Million Dollar Rebel Stake via email, or you can see the pop-up. If you go to the site, you'll see that. Um, if you are a subscriber, just look in that newsletter uh, today. Uh, you'll see a link there. You can download the uh, the wager. It's not a wager guide, but it's just the one-pager of the Rebel Stakes uh, from Halterman. Um, so if you want free analysis of the Rebel, make sure you are a subscriber at racingdudes.com just a email subscriber that's all you need and you'll get that for free uh again the magic mike show coming up next what are they doing the late pick five at oakland is that right i think so yeah uh yeah all right um yeah make sure you like the video come on guys let's do yes. it um <laughs> uh yes you know magic matt the, the the magic mike show is like i don't know if they've ever had an episode that goes over an hour and one minute no we are terrible at it <laughs> we, used to, we used to be really good at it because we were so dedicated to, you know, back in our blog talk radio days of, of making sure we got, you know, got over or got it over in the time. But now it's like, who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Yes. I mean, seriously, like I hopefully, uh, I mean, I, I truly mean this, like it, this, this, this show, this website, this business, um, none of this was supposed to happen. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> uh, we we did it because we loved racing, and it just accidentally started happening. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's could not be more true. Um, yeah. You know, we were we thought we hit the 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 jackpot when we got to meet Kayla's posse in alternation, mm -hmm. and uh, that was. Right at the very beginning, and and uh, we just keep, you know, it's because of everyone that, that comes to the site that that w watches these shows, that that goes and bets the horses with our picks and everything in between. That why we do it, we wouldn't do it without everybody. So, just seriously, thank you so much yep. um, for being along for the ride, and hopefully, yeah, I mean, let's uh, like Doctor Tank says, what you know, see you at twelve hundred. Well, and you know, that's the thing. These are the OGs we brought on the show today. And I want to thank everybody or thank them for doing that. But, you know, people like Doc, we, we met and people like Jesse, we met this summer and uh, going to meet Shoddy on Saturday. That's, that's what's awesome. You know, meeting all these new people and having fun with them, just like we've had fun with uh, everybody else. So guys, yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thanks so much everybody for watching and supporting and, yeah, let's go. 1,200. Let's do it. Why stop there? Let's go 2,000. Well, <laughs> chill out, first of all. Let's, let's try to get, let's get, let's get to 1,000. That's the next goal. 
Hopefully okay. we're live at a thousand. Okay, that's fair. That's <clears> and fair. if we are, then we can shoot for the twelve. Six hundred okay. was a lot. I mean, that's, that took a, ten years. We're not we're not Magic Mike and do four episodes a week. You know, we right. we we do once a week. So uh, that's a that's a long, that's a long road, my friend. Yes, definitely, definitely a long long road. But we will get there if we don't die. <laughs> well, you know. Let's see. I, the way the medic, you know, modern medicine and Dr. Tang, we have Dr. Tang on our side as well. So you have Dr. Tang on our side. I feel better now. Yeah. I feel like we will survive yeah. longer than most, yes. longer than we thought we would prior to knowing Dr. Tang. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. I feel good knowing Dr. Tang. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to be a pivotal part of our lives as we go in to, uh, you know, <laughs> our forties and fifties. <laughs> Except for magic, he's fucked. Okay. Yeah. No, Doc he's not helping magic one little bit. No, he'll give him something, but it will it'll be for the opposite effect. So uh Papa Dude, thank you. Thank oh. you for uh, yeah, I gotta say thank you to him too. You know, a lot of the memories of going to the track for the first times and and yeah. uh I'm sure he thought we were idiots for a while because we were so into it and I didn't know what I was doing. But uh yeah, you know, thanks to you know, thanks to Papa Dude, right? Who yeah. brought you to the track. Yeah, I guess this may, you know, we wouldn't be talking. So, yeah, uh, Papa Dude brought me to the track in 2007. If that didn't happen, then uh, none of this happens, probably. Well, most likely. I mean, 99.9% chance it doesn't. So, So it's the least we could do, right? To let him out, be on this be on the site and do you know do his own show right so yeah we- right yes yeah. <laughs> all right guys uh thank you so much i'm jared welch he's aaron Halsman. thank you thank you thank you for 600 yeah. episodes and uh hey do 600 more racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets racingdudes.com for all of your needs racingdudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com is your home for the best free picks for every race, every track across the country. We're ramping up for the 2023 Kentucky Derby, and we want you to join us in the fun. Subscribe to Racing Dudes' YouTube channel, like click the notification bell so you never miss a single video. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the Racing Dudes.